Good morning. We are capable of making decisions that show great commitment to our Lord and loving regard to others. But we are also capable of and often do make decisions that don't. So please join me first in a moment of very silent reflection and then together we pray the prayer of confession printed in the bulletin. Shall we pray? We have strayed like lost children, O Lord. We have wandered away like lost sheep. Like a fruitless fig tree, we have failed to produce. Like a log removed from the fire, we struggle to keep the light. Like a branch removed from the vine, we wither. We need you, gracious and sustaining God. Forgive us for our unrighteous thoughts our selfish actions, and our hiding from neighbor and you. In your mercy, pardon us. By your pardon, forgive us. Through your forgiveness, make us merciful that we might pardon and forgive others. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to the good news and give thanks to our Lord, though we know what is good and often We do not do that. God frees us from our guilt so that we might be renewed to accept our potential as a part of his plan. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Together, let us declare our affirmation through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he arose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let's take a moment uh, to greet our neighbors in the name of the Lord.
Good morning. It is great to be with you here in the sanctuary this morning, especially if you are a guest here at Church of the Palms. Uh, we hope you find on this chilly morning that it is a place of warm welcome where you feel right at home, and we hope that you will come back to uh, worship and to learn and to serve with us over and over and over again. And uh, as a way of letting us know of your presence here, whether you're a guest or a longtime member, if you would uh, take the Red Friendship pad that's on the aisle side of the pews and pass it down and encourage you to take note of the folks who are seated around you. And then after the service, huddling over a warm cup of coffee under the tree in the courtyard, I encourage you to continue uh, your conversation together. Did want to highlight just a few announcements for you. Remember that next Sunday we uh, spring forward. We lose an hour of sleep. So, um, so if you come to the nine o'clock service, what would that mean? You would be showing up for the ten o'clock coffee hour or something like that. So, <laughs> so uh, remember to spring forward next week. Also, today is the crop walk. We've been talking about that for a number of weeks. A number of our, is our confirmation class in here today or in the garden? They're, they're around here. So, confirmands, you can, you can uh, sponsor a confirmand. You can sponsor a staff member on the crop walk. Maybe, for example, an executive pastor who will be participating in that would be uh, happy to have you sponsor any of the above. Uh, there is still time to be part of the Easter Sunrise Choir. They are rehearsing this month on Thursday evenings. You can see Miss Judy, who's over there at the organ, if you'd like to be a part of the Easter Sunrise Choir. You'll have the opportunity on Easter Sunday morning to be up long before the sun and go out to Lido Beach and participate in that um, wonderful worship event, Easter Sunday morning. A couple of uh, memorial services coming up this week. B. Morris, Tuesday afternoon at 2. And also uh, Chuck Hobson on Friday, uh, same time. Finally, um, there's a, a list on page 13 of the bulletin of uh, students who are still in need of tutors in our back to basic tutoring ministry. It doesn't include student names, but it shows you their grade. In fact, it's in order by the student's grade. And um, at, you know, our students are in the last couple months of the school year. And so if you've been kind of waiting, just waiting for the right opportunity to get involved in helping to a student, helping a student to succeed academically, this would be a wonderful opportunity to do that. You can see Judy Armitage, our tutoring director, under the tree uh, after, after the service. And so uh, we, have a, uh, we have a special presentation this morning from uh, Jan Hunt. And uh, Jan's coming forward now. And so uh, let's take a listen to this important invitation she has for us. Good morning. As Pastor said, my name is Jan Hunt, and I would like to take the next few moments to share with you a personal experience, an exciting dream, 
and an invitation. For me, it all began one Friday morning as we boarded a bus right here at church for a trip, trip to Wycliffe Bible Translators and Campus Crusade in Orlando. Our church's relationship with both of these organizations has been a long-standing one. As a church, we support several missionaries in Nigeria, and we serve as the prayer anchor church for Bible translation work in Nigeria. As I was touring the facility and listening to the presentations, I found myself getting more and more pulled into the incredible ways God's word is spread and the amazing answers to prayer. While at Campus Crusade, we watched the process of how the Jesus film, which tells the gospel story from the book of Luke, is translated into the heart language of a specific group of people. At that time, my heart was touched by how incredible this whole experience is for the maker of the film and for the people who get to see and to hear about the life and death of Jesus and everything it means for them. But right then, I had no idea just how much God had touched my heart. On the trip home, Wren and I spoke about the number of people in this church who have already made that very same trip to Wycliffe and to Campus Crusade, and we began to wonder, would any of these people, would the church be interested in helping with a Jesus Film project? A few days later, I was reading Jeremiah chapter 31 and read the following words, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or his brother saying, know the Lord, because they all will know me from the least of these to the greatest. That night, immediately after dinner, I found myself walking to the phone and dialing Wren's number and expressing how interested I was to see if our church could indeed sponsor a Jesus film production from start to finish. We met two days later and talked and prayed together. Wren shared with me that just before I had called, he found out that a couple from our church who had agreed to sponsor a project had to pull out due to a family illness and that there were actually four different groups of people waiting for someone to sponsor their project. We decided, let's see if we can make this happen. In the upcoming weeks, you're going to hear a lot about a very special project called Share the Good News of the Risen Lord. You will see bulletin announcements, Palm France articles, and special communications, along with our church's own very special showing of the Jesus film on March 8th. We're going to be showing both the adult version and the children's version at the same time, so it's going to be a real family affair. But for right now, I would like to ask all of you 
to just do two things. Please think and pray about how much reading your Bible means to you. Think about how important sharing the story of Jesus' life and resurrection is. I remember the words of a favorite hymn. I love to tell the story. Twill be my theme in glory to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Secondly, I would invite you to make a very special dream come true. Let's work together to share the good news of the risen Lord to a very special group of 130,000 people in Nigeria. They are waiting to hear and to see the story of our Lord and Savior produced in their heart language, especially for them. Let's tell the story together. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. And now as we continue our worship, I invite the ushers to come forward to receive the morning tithes and offerings.
Let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks for your love and mercy. For the good news of the gospel you have given to us, we give you thanks. For the generous hearts that give back to you, we give you thanks. Accept our offerings and ourselves and our prayers, for we bring them to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The children and Lori, would you all please come forward? Good morning. Are you guys staying warm? It is so cold out there. And I know our little guys were singing and they were trying to make their way over, but they'll probably just join us. Hey, Amy. So we are starting a brand new month on a new series called Honesty. And I want you guys to turn around and we're going to watch a really quick video that's going to kick off this month for us. Did you guys think that that young kid was going to give back the purse? I really didn't. I thought he was like running away and was going to take the money. So I was so surprised that not only was he honest, he went above and beyond to do the right thing. Well, you know, one of my favorite stories from the Bible is in the book of Genesis, and it happens to be about some dishonest people. So I want to give you a clue about the main character. And the main character has a dad whose name is Jacob. Can I give one more clue, Matthew? Who is it? Oh, yay, no, so he has close. He has 12 sons, and this is the favorite son who wore a coat of many colors. Now it goes, Matthew. Yeah, Joseph, that's right. You know, Joseph was liked so much by his dad that his brothers got really super jealous and they sold him to some guys going to Egypt and then you know what they did? They ripped up his coat, they dipped it in goat's blood and then they gave it to their dad as a big fat lie that basically said, your favorite son is dead. And now they're going, ooh, now you can like us, dad. But you know what happened? The dad was so sad at losing his son that he never could recover. He was so sad. And so that big fat lie that they thought was going to somehow help them ended up hurting not only themselves, but the one that they were closest to. And that's what happens when we are untruthful. Usually, it hurts the people that we're closest to. Our key verse for this month is, an honest person has respect for the Lord. So if you're honest in your words, and your actions, 
It not only shows respect for God, it shows respect for you, and it shows respect for all those people around you. And so that's what we're going to be working on for this whole month. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you for loving us so much. We love you, and we don't want to disappoint you. We want to please you. So help us each to be loving and honest in our words and our actions. Amen. All right, so the first and second graders can go back with your parents, and the rest of us will go on out. Our scripture reading for this morning is from the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at the fourth chapter, verses 32 to 37. I would encourage you to follow along in your Bible or one of the pew Bibles on the rack in front of you. But before we read God's word, let us pray. Gracious God, we believe your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. And so as we open the scriptures today, send your Holy Spirit to shine forth your truth from the light of your word. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Acts 4, beginning in verse 32, talking about the early church. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. There was a Levite, a native of Cyprus, Joseph, to whom the apostles gave the name Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He sold a field that belonged to him, then brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So I love to cook out on the grill. We have a gas, a propane-fired barbecue on our lanai, and, and to me, it's just one of life's little miracles. You, you turn a knob, you push a button, and the flames come up, and you cook a marinated steak or blackened pork tenderloin or barbecued chicken. Is anybody getting hungry yet? Sometimes uh, my wife Cindy and I will sit back there on lanai when the meat is sizzling on the grill and we'll be sipping on a drink and watching the sunshine, late afternoon sunshine 
uh, out over the lake in the back, and it is just one of life's great moments. And so, so this, this gas grill is, uh, is a wonderful thing as far as I'm concerned, but the one thing about it is it's hard to tell how much gas is in the tank. And, and this, the sermon was written, but, but this happened last night. It happened last night when we were trying to have steaks. You just sometimes, right in the middle of the meat, sizzling away on the grill, and it just stops. It, it runs out. And let me tell you that a gas grill with no propane is not a miracle. It's a problem. You have to make these alternate plans for how to get the dinner on the table and, and all those kinds of things. People, I think, we have something in common with, with gas grills. We, we do. We're, figuratively speaking, we have tanks, emotional tanks. And we work best when our tanks are full. When we feel loved and appreciated and encouraged and, and lifted up. You, know, you can tell someone whose tank is full by looking at them. The, their eyes are are bright and they, they seem engaged. You can tell by the way they move, they walk with, with purpose and energy as opposed to someone whose tank is empty. Their eyes are kind of glazed over, they seem dull, they sort of trudge their way through whatever they're doing. We're at our best when our tank is full. You know, one of the real blessings in life is when we have people who um, fill up our tanks. Try to think of someone like that for you. Someone that when you're around him or her just makes you feel good, makes you feel happy about yourself. When you leave that person's presence, you feel more. You feel better. You could call that kind of person a balcony person, don't you think? <laughs> a balcony person, someone who sits there in the balcony of your life and cheers you on and encourages you to be the best you can be. Preach it, Bruce, good job! You'll get a little wave going up there in the balcony. It'll be amazing what happens. We all need balcony people like that in our lives. And this morning, what we're going to be learning about is one of the great balcony people in all of Scripture. We learn about this incredible encourager in our passage this morning from Acts chapter 4. And, and what we uh, learned was that um, his name was actually Joseph. We don't typically know him by that name. Joseph was a Jew who was descended from the tribe of Levi. 
Now, what that meant was that his, his ancestral lineage was the, the group of Jews who had served in the temple for generations. They were the, the religious functionaries of the Jewish people. However, because Joseph was from Cyprus, he was, uh, he's called a Hellenistic Jew. He was considered a, a foreigner. Even though he was Jewish, he was considered a foreigner and was ineligible to serve in the temple. Now, I can imagine that for many people, that might have been an, an upsetting thing to be excluded by your own people as he was. But, but that doesn't seem to have been uh, the, the response that Joseph had to his situation. No, he seems to have been, according to our text, the kind of person who had a way of focusing on what was positive in any given situation. At least that was the way he was as he became a part of that uh, community of Jews who professed Jesus as Messiah. And it was within that community that Joseph became known as such an encourager, as such a positive guy, as, as such a person who would call out the best in others that they gave him the nickname Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Barnabas was a real balcony kind of a guy. And, and one of the ways that he encouraged others in that early church of the followers of Jesus was to sell a field that he owned and to give the money freely and lay it at the apostles' feet so that the needy among their little community of faith could be helped. Barnabas' generosity was one of the ways that he encouraged others. And so I would like for us to take the opportunity today to, to learn from this great encourager in Scripture and to imagine together how we might be balcony people for others. How God might use you, how God might use me to encourage people we come in contact with. Because I want to be a modern-day Barnabas. And my guess is you do too. And perhaps you see what I see. That there are far too many, there are more than enough anti-Barnabas types in the world. Would you agree with me on that? Yeah, more than enough people who... Um, instead of filling you up with energy, instead of filling your tank up so that you can be all you can be, they, they kind of drag you down. These are the kind of people, we might call them, instead of balcony people, we might call them basement people. <laughs> because they would like to pull you down where they are. They're the kind of people who have a gift for seeing the dark lining in every silver cloud. If you hang around with these basement people before too long, you'll be discouraged to recognize that the glass has been half empty all along. 
there are more than enough basement people to go around. But we, we don't want to focus our time this morning on them because that's not where the story of Barnabas leads us to place our attention. Because Barnabas was a, was a balcony kind of a guy. He was not a basement person. He looked for the best in others. He called out the good that God had placed in the people around him. He was encouraging to them. It has been a huge blessing in my life to have had people who have played a Barnabas-like role, parents who loved me and supported me and challenged me to be my best, friends and family who cared and spent time and were courageous enough to challenge me to do what God was calling me to do and to, and to care for my family in the way that God was calling me to do. I hope and pray that you have at least one Barnabas in your life. Someone who's in the balcony cheering for you, spurring you on, helping to fill your tank so that you can be all God called you to be. This morning, I would like to invite each one of us to consider being a Barnabas for a group of other people. You heard Jan talk about it just a few minutes ago. Over the course of the next several weeks, we will be hearing about this amazing opportunity we have with the Jesus Film Project to sponsor the translation of this full-length motion picture into the heart language of a group of people in Africa who have never heard the gospel before. The, the Jesus Film folks have asked us not to name the group in a setting like this where we're broadcast on the airwaves or put it in our bulletin where it goes out over the internet because the situation in this group of people that they, that they live in is so volatile that they could be in physical danger if it was known that they were listening to the gospel. So over in, in the coming week, those of us who are, uh, for whom this is our church home will be receiving a letter, an invitation describing uh, a special offering that we'll be receiving on Palm Sunday, describing how we can encourage this group of uh, more than 130,000 African people, almost none of whom have ever heard the gospel, to get to see and to hear the story of God's great love for them in Jesus Christ in this, in this wonderful film. And perhaps there are some of us here who don't know what the Jesus film is and we haven't seen it. And if that is the case for you, or if you haven't seen it in quite a while, that's why we're having a uh, showing of the film this Friday evening in the Campus Center. The details are on the announcement toward the back of the bulletin. I, I hope that you'll come. 
We're going to have some pizza, munch on some popcorn, and watch the film together. I think this is a unique and wonderful opportunity we have collectively to get into the balcony for this group of people in Africa whom God knows and loves, whom Jesus died for, but they don't know it yet. And because of what we do in the coming weeks, they will have the opportunity to hear it in their own heart language. So I encourage you, let's get in the balcony together. Amen. Friends, this is the Lord's table. This isn't a table that belongs to any particular church, to any particular denomination. If you have professed your faith in Jesus as Lord, if you have been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, this is a table to which God invites you as His child, chosen and beloved, to receive the encouragement of His grace and mercy. To know that no matter how far we may have wandered, our loving Lord calls us back 
into His embrace. And so as we prepare to come to this table to be strengthened for our ministry of encouragement, hear the words of the institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. They're given by the Apostle Paul. He writes that the Lord Jesus on the night when He was betrayed took a loaf of bread and when He had given thanks He broke it. And He gave it to His disciples saying take, eat. This is My body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Let us pray. Lord, we thank You for the presence of Your Holy Spirit in this place. As we enact Your Word for us. Through that Spirit, speak Your words of truth. Over a hundred times in the New Testament, the writers use some form of the word encouragement. It is truly an integral part of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And so as we receive this bread, as we partake of this cup, encourage us with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Fill our tanks with your love and mercy and grace that we in turn may be modern day Barnabases, that we might encourage others with the good news of Jesus, who is the Christ, and in whose name we pray, giving thanks to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, the gifts of God, for the people of God.
In the same way, Jesus took the cup, saying, this is a new covenant, sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So remembering Jesus, we also share the cup.
we give you thanks and praise for this wonderful feast by praying the Lord's Prayer Jesus has taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you. 